Good morning. If you would uh, turn in your Bibles or on your phone, uh, cell phones to uh, Ephesians 6, 4. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. And I'll be reading out of the King James Version. I'd just like to welcome everybody here today and happy Father's Day to all the dads. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, and it's up on the screen also. Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verse 4. I'll begin. And the Bible says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And I'll say that, read that again. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and in the admonition of the Lord. This morning, I'd like to preach a message entitled, What Every Father Needs to Know. What Every Father Needs to Know. And if you would pray with me this morning, I appreciate that. Father, in the name of Jesus, we need you, Lord. Lord, I ask for the anointing of your presence here today upon me, upon these words, God. Lord, upon the the fathers that are here today. Father, they are needed in this hour. And Lord, they need you in this hour. They need your anointing. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit over every father here today. Touch his heart, God, what you've done in this service so far, we give you praise and glory for, Lord, continue your ministry to these people that are here today. Everybody in this house, I pray for the anointing of your presence. I pray you touch their heart, and I pray for fathers. Lord, this day, God, touch them, Lord God. Minister to them, I pray. Lord, it's because of you. Lord, everything I see here has come from you. And we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, by means of introduction, I'd just like to introduce myself. My name is Rick Kiran. Uh, my wife and I, uh, Kat, my wife and Kathy, <laughs> that's her name. <laughs> my wife, Kathy, and I, I think we've been going here maybe two years or, or somewhere close to that. Um, we're very thankful for this house. Um, I'm very thankful for the presence of the Lord that's here. Um, we've been going here about two years, and we've been married about 25, <laughs> 25 years. And uh, we, uh, my daughter, Lin- we have one daughter, that's Lindsay, and uh, I think she's dealing with um, her, grand- her children, our grandchildren. We have three beautiful grandchildren that the Lord has given us, and we have a wonderful son-in-law that's here today also. And so the Lord has done a a wonderful work in our lives. That's why I'm always uh, thankful for the ministries that are here at this church, because it's it's very similar to to what I experienced as a young adult when I hear about the, the young adult ministry and I hear about the youth ministry and and uh, the singles ministry, that's, that, that's what shaped me. 
And that, that's a large reason why we're here today, uh, why we're still together today is because of the moving of the Holy Ghost. And, and God facilitated ministries like that in the church when I was 26 years old and uh, a single young man. And one year later, I was married and a, and a father. <laughs> so who knows what the Lord will do? The, the Bible says... Um, Jesus told Nicodemus, the Holy Spirit, you know, he moves like the wind. You don't know where the wind's going, but, and that's how the Holy Spirit is. One day, one day you're single, and the next day you're a father. <laughs> a, year, a year later, you're a dad. And you just, you, you just got to be uh, pliable, and, and I see that in the young people here. I don't know them, but I, I know that as they're seeking God, who knows what the Lord will do? Who knows what God will do? Only, only he does. And, and I know that they want God. So anyway, uh, this morning, uh, by means of introduction, I would just like to, to thank all the fathers for being here. I thank God for his, for his mercy. And as I was in, in, this message has a purpose today, and that's to encourage you dads. That's to lift you up. It's not to condemn you. It's not to tear you down. We need uh, men of God in this, in this age. This is a very dark hour that we live in, but we have the light of the world. We have Jesus, and that's all you need. <laughs> that's all you need. Um, and so um, as I was praying over this, um, I felt the Lord speak to my heart, and, and uh, there was kind of a heaviness that came to my heart because of the hour we live in. Um, the Lord spoke to me, the, the world throws fathers away. The world wants nothing to do with you, Dad. I, I just want to let you know that. But, but their, their attitude is the devil, the devil has implanted that, that, that attitude in the world that we don't need a dad. We don't need a dad in homes. We don't need a father. You can be replaced by anything and anybody. That's just the way it is. You watch commercials on TV if you choose to, and you'll see that. You listen to, you go into the public schools and you'll hear that message, whether they say it blatantly, but that, that spirit is there. Now, we don't need fathers. But the Lord does not... The Lord does not discard fathers. The Lord builds up men of God to be fathers of righteousness. The Lord builds these men of God up to lead and to govern their children. Because that's the way it was designed. The Lord values you men of God. You fathers, the Lord loves you. And the Lord needs you. And the Lord wants you where you are. If you're a father here today and you feel overwhelmed, just remember God has given you these children. Nobody else could do it but you. But fathers, you are needed. So if you're a dad today, I just, I just want you to stand up, if you would, with me. It won't be long. I, I, just, I just want you to stand up. Now, congregation, I, I just want you to just point your hand towards these dads. They may not be your dad, if it is your dad, if you're nearing, go ahead and point your hand towards him. Uh, 
And I, I want you to say this with me. Three, three things on the count of three, I want you to say. I want you to say, you are valued, you are loved, and you are needed. Just say that with me on the count of three. One, two, three. You are valued, you are loved, and you are needed. And one more time, real loud with, with me. One more time. One, on the count of three. You are, one, two, three. You are valued, you are loved, and you are needed. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 You, you can sit down. You can sit down. Now, some of you men here today, you, you may have never been told as a child how appreciated you are, how valued you are. You may have never heard a father look, or seen a father look into your eyes and say, son, you are valued. Son, you are needed. Son, I love you. But I just wanted to, uh, to tell you today that there is a Father in heaven that loves you. And I'm going to tell you today, Dad, you are needed. Dad, you are valued. Dad, you are loved. You have a mission. You have a responsibility. And by the grace of Almighty God, you can do what you're called to do as a father. You've got the Word of God. You've got the love of Jesus Christ and your children are depending upon you for that love. Now today, I, w- I want to say this, and I'm, I'm going to say this three times because this is the whole crutch of this message today. We're reading out of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. That's our text. That one verse, we're going to look at that today. But the, behind that verse, there's the fuel for that verse. There's the fuel for, to not provoke your children to wrath. There's the fuel to raise up your children in the admonition, in the, in the, in the uh, training uh, of Almighty God, in the nurture and the admonition. The fuel for that is the love of Jesus Christ. The love of Jesus Christ working in you and through you changes your lives, changes the life of your children and your children's children. And Proverbs 13.22 says, A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. More than money or material possessions, the love of Jesus is the best inheritance to leave your children. It's the only inheritance. Your children are not going to look at you down in that casket on the day of your your burial and say, I wish he would have bought me more things. I wish he would have spent more money on me. No, what they're going to want or what they're going to remember is the time that you spent with them, the love that you gave them, the word of God that you imparted to them. The times that you laid your hands on them and ministered to them. They're going to remember when you walked her down the aisle or when you were there to support him when he married his wife. They're going to remember when you cried with them in times of mourning. They're going to remember when when you laughed with them in times of joy, when you held their, their firstborn. That's what they're going to remember. Were you there? Were you present with them? The love of Jesus Christ working in you and through you changes their lives. It changes your children's life. It's a heritage that cannot be broken. They'll never forget it, men of God. The love of Jesus Christ working in and through you, in you and through you. It has to work in you in order to work through you. And that's what this message is all about, that every Father needs to experience the love of God. It's hard to give what you don't have. 
but He's going to give it to you. It's hard to give what you don't have. It's a struggle. I know. One day I, I was a single uh, young man, and in the, in, the, in the next year I'm a, I'm a father. And, and some of you have, are in that position right now. That A year ago you, you had no idea. Now today Blaine's holding his son. Well, that's what the Lord does. And, and, the, and, and the, he does that, and, and he has the empowerment. The Lord will not give you more than you can bear, and will put on you more than you can bear. He's put something within you to be a dad. Now, as we look in our text, Ephesians 6, 4 today, we see three things. Number one, Paul addresses dads. He says, and you fathers. Number two, he, t- he instructs the fathers to not provoke their children to wrath. And number three, he instructs them to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So number one, he calls out the dads. He says, and you dads. And, and the second thing he tells them is what not to do. And the third thing he tells them is what to do. Just like a, a father. Now, isn't it interesting to know that Paul, from what we know in Scripture and what we read in Scripture, was never married and, and to my knowledge, never had any kids. Now, a lot of parents don't want anybody telling them how to raise their children, especially if they've never been a parent before. But I'll take the Holy Spirit any day. I I mean, just because you may not have children does not mean that the Holy Ghost cannot do a work in you and give you a word. Now, uh, some people would not consider me to ever be a dad. I my daughter was nine years old when I adopted her, so I hadn't that nine years of of parental authority. But but the Holy Ghost does a work in people. I'll I'll take Paul's word any day because I know the Holy Spirit gave him this word. Now the Bible is is meant for that. It's meant for correction. It's meant for encouragement. It's meant for instruction. Now in Ephesians. The first thing we're going to look at is when Paul says, and ye fathers, three parts to one verse, and ye fathers. So in Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to look at the first three verses. We're going to look at the setup for this. So in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. So the first thing he does is he addresses the children. Now, he tells them to obey their parents and then to honor their parents. Now, in, when I was uh, preparing this message, there was a, a, a picture that came to my mind. Now, the, uh, any of you parents will know that there's days where you're in one room and the children, if you have multiple children, are in another room, and all of a sudden, you hear chaos, and you hear fighting, and you hear bickering, and, and you might even hear a slap or, a, or, or, or things being tore down. And, and, and this has happened when, when we've had uh, our grandchildren over, and you go into the room, and the first thing you want to know is what's going on here? You know, what's happening? You know, and, and uh, so one child says, well, they hit me. Or they, they knocked down my blocks, or they knocked down my dollhouse, you know. And, and so then you begin to investigate and ask why. And you ask the one why, and, and usually everybody deals with these things differently. And, but one thing you do is 
well, we don't hit here, or we don't just tear down people's stuff, you know. So if, you, if somebody tears your stuff down, you come to me. If somebody hits you, you if, if they do something, just come to me first, okay? Come, if you're a father, just come to me, you know, and, or a mother, just come to me. And then the second thing is you deal with the root cause of the issue, and you look at the one that did the, the tearing down, you know, you look at the one that did the assault, and you say, in you... You come with me. Amen? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you with the face. You come with me. And that's what Paul, I see Paul doing here. First, he addresses the children, which, which are the ones that are the product of the father or the mother by faith, by design, by biological, whatever the case may be. If you're a foster parent, if you're an adopted father, you've taken on that role in the spirit, you know, Paul is talking to Christians here, right? He's not talking to worldly people. He's talking to believers. So he says, and, and you, dads, you come with me. I got, I got something I want to tell you. So he, he tells the dads that they have a responsibility. In Proverbs 22, 6 says, To train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart far from it. I'm sorry, depart from it, not far from it. He will not depart from it. So fathers have a responsibility. It's a wonderful journey, isn't it? I mean, I mean, time just starts going by like that. Before you know it, they're, they're, they're older and, 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 and you're walking her down the aisle or, or you're with your son on his wedding day. And every second counts, every day counts in the life of a parent. But there is a great responsibility. So the first thing we want to look at when Paul addresses father is, what is a father? What is a dad? Well, I immediately looked, because I remember the Bible says that God is love. So I, I go to 1 John chapter 4 and 7 and 8, if you want to look over there with me. In 1 John chapter 4, 7 and 8. The Bible says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. So that's a good definition of God. He is love. The Lord is love. The Father is love. And so, and so I, we have that definition now. So I asked uh, six people, I wanted to ask them what their definition of a father was. And these people, I just grab, you know, I'm walking down the hallway, I just grab people. Not literally, but I just say, hey, hey, what is your definition of a father? And these were all people of different ages, you know, from teenager to people in their 50s and, and different backgrounds, right? Some were raised by a stepfather. Some were maybe adopted father. Maybe uh, some were raised with a, their biological father. Some maybe no, no father at all. So different people, right? And you'd think they'd all have the different, different answers, but they really weren't. One said, uh, a father is loving, patient, and caring. Another said, love. Another said, patience. Another said, caring and loving. Another said, presence, not like in birthday presence, but being there presence. A father is there. He's there. Another said, protector, security, and stability. So different people, different backgrounds, but pretty much all the same answers. And, and the two things I noticed about this little survey that I conducted was, number one, the women answered immediately. 
Any female that I interviewed, no matter what their age, bam, it was like bam. They, they knew it right then. Now, the men kind of hesitated. The men were a little slower. Imagine that. But, but let us look at what love really is, what the Bible says love is. So let us go to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13. If we know and believe that God is love, our Heavenly Father is love, and, and, and we believe that a father should be loving, that a physical father should have love in his heart for his children, and, and, and show forth that love by action, I think we can all believe in that and agree with that. And let's look at 1 Corinthians 13. This I'm going to read in the, uh, in the New King James Version. Chapter 4 says, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, verse 4 says, Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. It does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Now, wouldn't you have wanted to be raised by a father like that? (laughs) That he believed all things, that he hoped all things. You know, like I said before, it's hard to give what you don't have. Ed Cole said... Love is the benefit of others at the expense at the expense of self because love desires to give. Love is the benefit of others at the expense of yourself because love desires to give. Love desires to give. Now, so we want to come to the conclusion right now that a father is love. He is love. Now, that's a pretty tall order. And it's easy to say, I love you. Oh, the words are easy, right? Words and some people say words are cheap. Show me your actions, right? And so and so that love will cost you everything, Dad. To truly love your children will cost you everything. But the thing we want to understand is how can I give a love that I that I really don't know in my heart? So the beginning of love is Jesus Christ. The beginning of loving somebody else, uh, loving your children, is to know what true love is and is to experience the love of Jesus Christ. That is the most important relationship you'll ever have is the love with God through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus died and gave his life for you that you might know him. And it's hard to love. We see how the world loves. We see the, the, what the world said is love. But the true love is that a man would lay down his life for his friends, the Bible says. No greater love. No greater love than what God did through Jesus Christ to give his life for you and me. I always remember that love that I experienced. And I know that's something that no Christian forgets. The love they experienced when they gave their life to Christ. Fathers, we must have that love when we counsel, when we correct, when we encourage, when we love when we, when, we, when we go into the room and your daughter's crying because her heart's been broken, what kind of love is the Lord going to do in you and through you to prepare you for that moment, to have love that they need? Now, the second thing we see, the first thing we see 
is that he calls out fathers and that a father is loved. The second thing we see is that he tells men to not provoke your children to wrath. Now, of course, I looked these words up, and the word in, in the Greek, provoke, means to enrage, to anger. And the, and the word wrath simply means anger. So don't enrage them to more anger. Every child's going to be angry at one time or another, especially when they enter those middle school years. And, and you've got to deal with all the hell that, that, that the enemy brings, not, not because of your child, but everything they're enveloped with. Everything the enemy wants to try to teach them, you have to battle against that. You know, Jesus was a fighter in the spirit realm. He said he was always going to the mountain to pray. And you've got to be that prayer warrior for your child. They need you, Dad. They need a father's prayers. They need a father's counsel. They need a father's encouragement. Provoke not your children to anger. Every children, child is going to say, oh, I don't know why we have to do that. I don't know why I have to go to church. They loved going to church as a, as a, in elementary school. And then, and then there may come a time, there may come a time when they begin to question that. And the father has to have that counsel, has to stand firm. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's just a given. If he, one day, child, you're going to experience that love. I know you will. Because I'm praying for you. But as for now, it is my duty and my job. And I cannot compromise. And God gives you the, the understanding and the words to say in that. that. Every child will get angry. But how will a father respond? It is vital that fathers receive healing in their heart. So they can minister to their children out of that healing. Now, I, I would be pretty safe to assume because of society and because the wreckage that the enemy tries to do in households, that the men here in this, in this congregation have most likely encountered one of the following uh, environments when they were growing up. You could have grew up in an abusive environment, mental abuse, uh, physical abuse, a controlling environment, religious. Um, your, your parents could have been narcissists all about themselves, Everything revolved around them. It could have been drug addiction. It could have been alcohol. There could have been no father present whatsoever. There could have been a father there, but he wasn't present. He was off fulfilling his own needs, and his act of love to you was to just buy you stuff. Now, any of those situations could could have happened. So how does a father that really didn't have the love of a father become like God? The father, so he can impart to his children the love of the father. And that only comes by meeting God, by knowing God, by fellowshipping with God, by praying, by coming up here and having other men lay hands on you, by being accountable. It, It is imperative that a man know God, that a man knows God's love. There's no other way around it. How will you counsel out of the love of God if you don't know God? You've got to know Him. When I was young and 26 years old and single, I was going to these promise keepers. Uh, uh, they'd fill these stadiums, uh, and, and, and they were, and they were uh, talking about fatherhood, and they were talking about manhood. And that's what a man needs. He needs to, before he even becomes a, a dad, he needs to know the love of the Father. 
The father has to counsel out of that love. Every father needs to know the healing power of God. The father's love towards his children will change the generations. I felt that very strong in in preparing for this, that God said that that love changes everything. It changes the generations. It gives you hope, Dad. It says it ain't going to be the same. No matter, I might have been raised in an abusive household. It ain't going to be the same. My wife and I have a mission statement. And if I may be bold, so bold to say that every family needs a purpose statement. Every, that businesses have them. McDonald's has it, for crying out loud. Every family needs a purpose statement. What did God put us together for? Why did you put me with this woman? Why did you put me with this man? Oh, Lord, why did you put me with this man? Oh, God, why? Why did you put us together, Lord? What is the purpose for this family? It'll save you a lot of of hair pulling out. It'll save you a lot of questions. Where should I live? What job should I take? How do we spend our money? It all comes back to that purpose. And it just so happens that our purpose statement for 25 years, uh, excuse me, has been, oh God, change the generations. Oh God, change the generations. We change the generations one life at a time. One child at a time. Generations don't have to be Anger and, and hatred and abuse and, and those things. God, change my heart so the generations can be changed. It all starts with that love. What does every father need to know? He has to know the love of God. Not the world's kind of love. He has to know the love of God. It has to be in him. You may not do everything right, Dad, and you won't. You're not perfect. But a man that wants to see his children changed is going to find that love of God, has to know that love of God. Now, the Bible says, number one, Paul says to the fathers, and you fathers. He, it's like he points his finger at them, you know, giving them the business. And you fathers, you know. And number two, he says, don't, don't aggravate your children. To How in the world do you not do that? How do you not aggravate them? To How do you not make them matter? Well, it starts by knowing the love of Jesus Christ. You've got to know him. And then through that knowing, through that fellowship with the Lord, the Holy Spirit begins to do a work in your heart. And you begin to counsel them in a way that you were never counseled. You begin to do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. You begin to, you begin to take their face in your, hand, in, their, in your hands and look at them lovingly and say, I'm so happy that I'm your dad. I'm so thankful, not patronizing, but, but I'm so happy that I'm the one that God's chosen for you. And you do that with sincerity, and you, and you begin to build up, and you take their anger, and, and it begins to de-escalate. You begin to de-escalate all the anger, and, and yeah, they may not always understand it at that age. We pray that there will come a time when they will understand. But as for that time right there, you're doing something. You're, you're putting a, a, a salve on, on the situation. You're, 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 you're telling them how much you love them. And that love conquers all fear. That love do, do, does a great deal of good for a teenager that's confused. 
for a teenager that has to go to school every day and, 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 and see the contradictory uh, environment that you're ra- compared to what you're raising them in. So that love will speak to that child. Now, that's how you, you, you don't anger that child. You come with a loving father. Uh, you come with the love of a father to that child. So number three, we said that Paul encourages them to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So, so he tells them what not to do. Don't aggravate them to greater anger. If they're angry, counsel them, love them, bring them to help the, to bring them to an understanding. Number three, you don't bring, you don't aggravate them to anger, to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So three words, bring in the Greek to rear up, to maturity, to feed, and to nourish. Bring them up. Nourish them like a plant. That's what, that's what comes into my mind. Like a plant. You water a plant. You take the weeds out from around the plant so the plant can grow so the plant doesn't get choked up and die. You, you nourish a plant. You put, you put the plant in the sun. So you, you, you counsel them in the word of God. You love them. You speak loving words because you have received the love of the Father. You speak them that love over that child. Think of the confidence. The I was at Lizzie's uh, graduation. I see confidence in that young lady. I see confidence in her because in that and that doesn't doesn't come without prayer, with a lot of toil, with a lot of lot a lot of fighting the enemy because the of the words that her parents speak to her, a confidence, a confidence that they're loved, a confidence that they're valued. <laughs> So rear them up to maturity, feed them, nourish their soul, nourish them. A lot of women seek the, the, the favor in the, in, the, in the acceptance of other guys as they get older because they never had it from a father. A father, they need that from you. Your daughters need that. I want to just tell you a couple things on this, on this subject of nurturing that, that I did for, for my daughter. And this all came from God. I had two sisters, but my dad did not do this with them. But this came from the Lord. I would take her out on what we would call little daddy-daughter dates, you know, just little outings, just time with her and, and I. The way I treated her mother, they, they watch that, you know. They see that. And that's, that's what, kind of, uh, what kind of man are they going to want. They're going to want uh, a, man, uh, a man like you, Dad, I pray. And number, number three, um, the, uh, concerning daughters, I would write letters to her and slip them under her door, you know, put it on her bed, just write letters. Maybe nowadays you text, but I would still write a letter. I mean, I mean you see what I got here, you know. I'm, I mean, I'm very old school in that way, but, but just, just writing a letter and tell them how proud you are of them and your sons. Tell them how proud you are of them. You, you did great mowing that lawn. You know, you did great. Oh, holding your character in, in, in that basketball game. You, you didn't get mad. If you did get mad, you controlled it very well, and I'm so proud of you for that. There is very strong uh, 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 results that you will, you will have when you nurture your children, when you love them. Love is, love is that word that gets thrown around a lot, but, but what is love? When you suffer long with them, when you... When you, when you bear through the hard times with them, when you're kind to them, 
That's, that's the things that are going to change their lives. Now, number two, he says, bring them up or nurture them in the, in the, in the, or bring them up, I'm sorry, in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So nurture is education, tutorage, discipline, training, in the training of the Lord. Not in the training of the world, not in the training of things that will not last or will not count on judgment day, but in the training, in, in, the, in the admonition means mild rebuke. Now, the, the, the fact of life is all children need to be corrected. They don't come out of the womb uh, just doing everything you say, and it's all, yes, Dad, you're right, Dad. It's, uh, you're the best, Dad. And, and, and uh, now some children are, are close to that, possibly. They're more mild. Other children are strong-willed and very, very defiant. Very defiant. And, and, and uh, you, you know, it's going to take correction. But how do you correct? Do you, or you like your dad that said, that said well, you, you're going to have to get uh, gla- uh, mad and glad in the same shoes. That's just the way it is around here. If you don't like it, get out. But that's not, that, that's not God. That's not the Lord. The Lord is put, putting life into you and love into you to counsel them into whatever God, uh, whatever the words of the Holy Spirit lead you to say to them, to love them. You know, they're going to need that in this world. They need that. There's a big difference between children that have been shown the love of Jesus and long-suffering and patience and kindness and those that have, have not had that at all. You have a wonderful opportunity, men, to change the generations. No matter what was done to you, it's a miracle what God can do. It's a miracle. A man that was never fought for. His dad didn't care about him. You know, to bring up a child in the love of Jesus Christ, that's how powerful the love of Christ is. Now, the Bible says in 1 John 4, 4, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. How do I love my child? How do I get them through junior high and high school? How do I see them become a man of God, a woman of God? Well, you see it right here. It's a miracle of God. It's fasting. It's praying. It's hungering after God. It's knowing the Father. And never, 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 never giving up. It's persistence in the spirit realm. Christ fought for you. And you can fight for your children. Go ahead and look at another guy around here. He said, I know you're a fighter. Just look at him and say, I know you're a fighter. In the spirit realm. So today, as I, as I close, I, the, the one thing God laid on my heart today. Have you experienced the love of God? There's no way you're going to change the generations without his love. There's no way you're going to change your generations without the power and the, and the effect of moving of the Holy Spirit. That's how lives are changed. That's how children go to school and stand boldly. And say, and say, I stand not because of the God my father knows, but because of the God I know. I will go to college and I will stand by his power, not because of the God my mom knows, but because of the God I know. They've got to know that God. Have you experienced that love today? If you would bow your heads, I just want to ask you today, do you know 
the love of Jesus Christ. Have you experienced that love today? Have you experienced that love? There may have been time when you knew God. Maybe you're not walking with the Lord today. I want to ask you today, would you like to know Jesus Christ? Would you like to experience that love? It's hard to give what you don't have. And everybody needs to start at the home base of knowing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. If you don't know Him, today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. If you don't know Christ and you want to become a Christian today, I just want you to raise your hand and we'll pray for you. If you don't know Jesus, if you don't know Christ today, there's nothing more important in this world if you don't know the love of the Father. If you're a man here today and say, I need prayer, I want the the Holy Spirit in my household. I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. I want the Spirit of God to reign in my household. I want the peace of God. I want the purpose of God. I want the presence of God. Today I'll pray for you. Lord, I lift these men up. Their hands are raised. I lift them up to you. Holy Spirit, touch them. I pray for times of revival in this house. I pray for times and seasons of revival in their house, in their hearts. God, draw these men, God. Oh, Lord, we are living in a day. We must have the presence of God. I come against pornography. I come against the lust and the temptations of the enemy. In Jesus' name, I rebuke every spirit of Antichrist that would try to come against these men. And I pray, mighty God of Israel, touch them. Mighty God of heaven, touch these men. Touch our minds, touch our hearts. Oh God, let these fathers father with a purpose, God. And let it be the love of Jesus Christ. Help them to bear long with their children. Help them to be kind to their children. Help them to experience the love and the kindness of you every day, I pray. Lord, we give you the glory, we give you the praise, and we give you the honor. In the mighty name of Jesus, may your name be glorified in Jesus' holy name.